warfare going on and in, in, it wasn't in the, a heavenly thing, it was in the natural, but it was in the, in the air of like fighter jets and just stuff going on and there's a lot of lies been going on. And I just want to declare that this is a, a place <laughs> and that the spirit of truth would just fill this room. Lord, that every, Lord, I just declare, Lord, every lie that's been entertained, there's been some new ones <laughs> and there's some old ones that, Lord, you'd break them in the name of Jesus right now. The spirit of truth rest on your people. Spirit of truth, come. Holy Spirit, put your finger on some areas and target those things <laughs> and release those bombs in the name of Jesus of truth over every lie. Lord, now that we see it, give us the strength and the wisdom to not entertain it. In Jesus' name. We know Satan's a liar. Everything he says is a lie. Everything that's not founded on the truth is a lie. So we're not going to entertain those things. Amen? Amen. Thank you, worship team. If I didn't feel this message was probably for us here today, I would probably just keep worshiping. <laughs> but I, I did feel the Lord release me to minister. So, Is that all right with you, though? There, there, there's probably going to be a, a time where... Uh, we might not get into the message. We might just keep doing body ministry and just letting you know it, it may happen. Um, we're probably pretty close, but I did ask the Holy Spirit. So um, thank you for being obedient. I know it's not easy sometimes to um, raise your hand in front of folks, and it's kind of going along with our, our message today. Um, we're still on the to be or not to be attitudes and uh, one of the, the Beatitudes we're looking at today is in Matthew 5, 5, and it's, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit, inherit the whole earth. So when you raise your hand in front of a group of people, and you declare that, yes, I'm, I'm in need of something, that's humbling yourself, is it not? And God blesses our humbleness. I know there's been plenty of times in my life where I've kept my hand down because I was too prideful to lift it and let anyone see that I, I was maybe in need of something. So this is a pretty powerful um, statement. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. How many has thought of that, read that verse and thought, what does that really mean? I have many times like, so the funny thing with um, God blesses the humble for they will inherit the whole earth is if you're real humble you probably don't care about inheriting the whole earth <laughs> it's not really on your list of things that you're worried about amen I, th I thought that was kind of important um, it's, it's just not something that's on your thought and it's not something that's that he's really developing in you so that you're like you know my mission is to inherit the, the earth nope you know in the I'm going to share something that's not on point or on topic here, but this week I had a pretty neat encounter with the Lord. I think it was on Monday, it was Monday or Tuesday, early in the week, and I was reflecting, I had been reflecting on communion last Sunday, and the, um, that exchange, discussing the exchange and, and really meditating on, all right, Lord, if I'm, I'm exchanging, like, how many of us want that whole body, that restored body? Right? 
I want that. I need that. And I know many of you do. So I was speaking of that when we were taking communion. And then I went over to Jamba just to get some oatmeal. And me and the Lord were just having a conversation. And I was thinking about, you know, it's, I need to be eating healthier. And there's things, you know, good things and bad things we could put in our bodies. And, and the, the Lord reminded me, he said, you discussed an exchange. And you wanted an exchange. I said, I do. And he said, if you really believe in that, then your body is my body. And I want you to look at that exchange as what are you putting in, not your body, but what are you putting in my body? He says, if you want that exchange, there's something with that. He says, that's great, but, but I want your body and you want mine, so what are you putting in it? And now that can go into the physical and food and stuff like that. It could go into medications and drugs and it could go into visual things. What are we putting before our eyes and letting into the windows of our soul? It could be what's going into our ears if we're listening to gossip or listening to um, things that are evil, all kinds of areas. But if we want that exchange, there's a, there's a cost. It cost him a great deal. Amen. amen. His body and his blood. So anyways, that is not about our message today, but it was just something that you can think about. And I pray that, that as we continue in taking communion, that's part of the experience of, of having that exchange and, and having that develop and grow in us to realize that I'm proclaiming his death, that everything he died for was enough, that his blood, his body was enough. And it's even enough to have this exchange going on in my body and in my mind and in my soul. Amen? Amen. So back to the Beatitudes. Um, the word humble or meek in the Greek is praise. It means meek, humble, modest. I hadn't seen that before. Controlled strength. The opposite would be not quick-tempered. And I did put that in there. I was like, dang it. <laughs> arrogant. Not arrogant, not quick-tempered, not proud. Not weak Amen. or cowardice. Oftentimes when we think of meek, we associate that with weak. It's not weak, it's not cowardice. Jesus is not calling anyone to be a coward. Amen. Jesus was not a coward. Amen. He was 100% man and 100% God. And he was not afraid. He was no coward. He would, he would point things out. And he wasn't afraid to, to offend people. He wasn't afraid to go flip over tables and wreck the, the whole money-changing experience that was happening in the temple make a cord and drive everyone out. And you know what? There was, there was something going on in that man. There was some fire in his eyes because no one confronted him. Amen. They got out of the way. So Jesus was 100% an example of humble and meek, but he was no coward. He submitted himself to the cross. When we look at that self-control, that power under control, like a big stallion that you could put a little child on, and it will submit itself to a bit. It will submit itself to a trainer. It has all kinds of strength and power. But it humbles itself and lets a little tiny child move those reins and direct it. In the Aramaic, the word for meek or proud is makika. It implies, I like this one a lot. I, I wish I had knew this when we did our kingdom leadership. I would have used this one, Pastor Jay. This was good. That word in 
in the Aramaic implies being both gentle and flexible. Amen. I like that one a lot. We're going to use that one. <laughs> being humble, being flexible, not being so rigid. Amen. That it's this way. No, you're humble to something and you're meek. You're able to be flexible. Amen. All right. So this is, I originally have what we're about to get into as my first point. We're just going to call it introduction. I, I was thinking about this a while back. I had a few different um, ministers that I used to like to listen to, and um, they could go on for a while. So a lot of times if they were preaching for a while, they would be like, well, this was just my introduction. And then you'd be like, oh, wow, okay. So we had a 30-minute introduction. <laughs> Don't worry, you're not going to have a 30-minute introduction. Originally, this was my first point, and it was this. In God's kingdom, things are turned upside down. So this is, we're just going to say introduction. In God's kingdom... Okay, his way of thing, doing things is what I'm saying. Things are turned upside down. We've seen that so far in all the blesseds, right? All the beatitudes. And here's another one. The meek shall inherit the whole earth. This is not God's, this is God's kingdom plan. This is not man's. This is not what it looks like in the natural, amen? Jesus says, when you claim nothing is yours, everything will be given to you. When you claim nothing is yours, it's all given to you. That's kingdom. That's supernatural. Because in this world, it's like, I got to claim everything. That's mine. Mine, 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 mine. Right? Even little kids, you don't have to teach them that. Like, that's one of the first things they learn. One of the first words, they, mine. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I think it was one of the first words my kids learned, especially if you have a sibling. Or there's another kid that comes into, oh boy. Mine comes out really quick. That's our natural Adamic nature coming out in full strength, right? And in this culture and in this system, it's on rev, man. It's like, wind that bad boy up and let it run. Amen? But Jesus is saying, when you claim nothing is yours, when, when you come to him and you surrender, like, it's all yours, Lord. All my heart, soul, mind, strength, everything I have, my possessions, it's all yours. When we do that, he's like, thank you. Now let me give you the kingdom. That's so opposite to the world. The world's saying, you better fight, gouge, and protect everything that's yours. Right? Jesus is like, let go of it. It's not yours, it's mine. What are you fighting for? Right? Totally, it's flipped upside down. This is not I have my rights type of deal. That is such a very strong thing in this day and age. Like, I have my rights. You can't say this, but you have my rights. You can't do that. I have my rights. You have the right to shut up. I, mean, I know a lot of people don't like that word. My wife's looking. Oh, yeah, I've got the eye. <laughs> she was a little disappointed in that. You know, like, I don't, most of you, praise God, you don't know this. Um, I knew this. Um, it's okay. It's probably Jesus. <laughs> but I learned this in my past life that there's a term that police officers, if you ever get pulled over or arrested, um, and they, they will tell you, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. That means, zip and then they'll ask you, is there anything you'd like to say? And if you're wise, you say, nope. 
because you just told me I have the right to remain silent. And anything I say, you are going to, not can and will, you're going to use against me anything I say. So would you like to say anything? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Thank you. Why did I say that? This is, you don't have rights in the kingdom. You don't have the rights to say, well, this is, I have the right to do this. And I have the right to do that. And you can't, you've given those up. You've submitted those to him. This is totally backwards to what man's plan is and that how our system runs, right? We are established on rules, rights, and democracy. That's the whole thing about kingdom. He's the king. We're not. That's right. You have the right to submit. You have the right to worship. Your rights are done away with when you submit to that kingdom. You come humbly. Amen? So this isn't I have my rights type of deal. I'm going to reiterate this. The funny thing is the humble are probably never interested in inheriting the earth. Those who have given everything to advance themselves will be made low. We see in this, in this world, people will give up everything. They'll give up their family. They'll give up their time. They'll give up They'll sacrifice everything to advance in this world. I mean, there's a million books you can read, how to advance, how to make a million dollars, how to do this. How, it's advance, 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 advance. You got to work your way. No, and it doesn't matter how you do it. Gouge, cheat, lie, steal, get to the top. When we try to work and get that way, and, and it happens in churches, and then people are attempting to do this in the kingdom, to take the man-made way, and, and work themselves up into some sort of positions. And, to, and that is contrary to God's way. Amen. God's saying, when you're trying to do that, I'm going to bring you low. And, and, and they're still trying. Like, I don't get it. I keep getting so far. How many remember that? I keep, if you have a calling on your life, it'll never work. I'm serious. Like, before I surrendered to the Lord, I would do all this stuff and work and get up to the and then it would, I don't know, David, I just, I think, honest to God, I think I'm, I have a lot of electricity in me. <laughs> I think so. And it, nope, it's not doing it when I touch this. But seriously, I took off a shirt the other night before I went to bed and the lights were off and it went, <laughs> it was lightning. <laughs> it was so much so I was like, you got to see this, babe. Turn the lights off, put it back on, took it off. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, is that normal? It was like snack. It was really cool. So maybe that's why these things are popping and snapping. I don't know. Those who haven't aspired to personal greatness will be made great. Those who haven't aspired to personal greatness, those who haven't made that their life ambition to be, I've got to be somebody. I'm going to make myself, I'm going to position myself. That was Satan's plan. How'd that work out? He was brought pretty low. Whew, like a smoke and lightning bolt. Boom, he hit earth pretty hard. It's his kingdom, his principles, his, his way is upside down to ours. We can't keep reiterating. It's the A side, B side, remember? It is just, it is contrary to our normal natural thought process. If you have your Bible, and if you don't, 
it'll be up on the screen. Psalm 37, 5 through 11. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. We feel, we all, we feel like we have to defend ourselves. We have to make sure we stand up for ourselves and, and make sure people don't take advantage or make sure people understand that it wasn't us that did that or, or that was all lies. or what. We don't have to do that. Amen. His word says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Amen? Amen. So God blesses those who are humble. Blesses the meek. So how do we become humble and meek? So are some people just born that way? I, I would submit to you that there's some folks that have certain dispositions that are God-given that some or maybe have a more natural bent to being more tender, and some have a more natural bent to being more aggressive, and there's personality types. We all know that. That's God-given things. So some of that, yeah, there, there's some more natural bents, but that doesn't mean that every single one of us are not supposed to be have an attitude of meekness. Amen? So if it doesn't come super like easily, then there's, there's ways to develop that. Amen? So that's why I'm going to present to you. Um, I have found one of the best ways is encountering the majesty of God. That's one of the best ways to develop humbleness, to, be, to develop meekness, is encounter the majesty of God. Some of you are looking at me like, huh? What are you saying? What I'm saying is that you get into his presence. There's a big thing going around right now. And a lot of uh, pastors and ministers, and um, it's a real popular thing to, to preach on right now, the presence of God. We need to just be in his presence, which I agree. You know, like, I don't know that it's possible to not be in his presence. I mean, there's, he, is, he is everywhere, in everywhere. But what they're saying is that intimate presence, right? And, and this is a great way to develop humbleness and meekness is, when you encounter his presence, you won't have to work on it. It will happen. All right? It will happen. So I want to share some verses, and then I'm going to share a little bit of a story. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 5, when, when I felt this point come on, this was one of the first things I, I just, just dropped in my spirit of Isaiah. This is chapter 6, 1 through 5. It says, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. 
With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. And then I said, it's all over. I am doomed. <laughs> Amen. Can you imagine? You've, I see a pretty good illustration of being humbled. Right? If there was any sense of like, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm going to come into God's presence. It was, uh-oh. It just got real. Right? That would be our vernacular. It just got real. He says, it's all over, I'm doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet, I have seen the king of the Lord of heaven's armies. Humbled. A couple weeks ago, um, we have a staff meeting pretty regularly, usually once a week. And um, I just felt impressed from the Lord to instead of having our traditional meeting to encourage all of the pastors on staff to, in place of that time, and maybe add another hour to it, go, go get alone, go, go somewhere. I, I just felt that we needed to go get away for two or three hours and turn the phones off, no cell phones, no contact. I, I personally went for a drive up in, by Lake Taboot and went for a walk and just stayed out. I like nature. I like getting outside, and that's where me and I have that close time with the Lord. And I can do it in a closet too, but I prefer to be looking at or being, if I can get in the ocean, even better. <laughs> if I can get in the power of the ocean and just feel that power and go like, I am so little and holy smokes, you're so powerful. I love that feeling. She, Jenny thinks I'm weird, but I, I love the feeling of just being overwhelmed and overpowered by God. So we had that time and I purposely, I wasn't like going through just like reading a bunch of the word. I just wanted to be in the presence of God. And, and, but I did feel, in, at one point, I felt instructed to go to Job. And I turned through Job and I got to Job 37 and read through 40. And how many of you know that's some, some pretty heavy stuff? But I didn't know he was helping me with where we were headed. Um, the, this is Job 37, 1 through 5. And, and we don't have time. Otherwise, I would go through some 39 and 38. And it's like, whoo. God tells Job like, time to man up. Like, hey, make man up, dude, and stand before me. We got some explaining. Like, let's talk. When, when you hear God doing that, you're like, uh-oh. You're getting low real quick. But in verse 37 through 5 says, My heart pounds as I think of this. It trembles within me. Listen carefully to the thunder of God's voice as it rolls from his mouth. It rolls across the heavens, and his lightning flashes in every direction. Then comes the roaring of the thunder, the tremendous voice of his majesty. He does not restrain it when he speaks. God's voice is glorious in the thunder. We can't even imagine the greatness of his power. That is where we need to get. We get into this place of being humbled by God. And take some time, and, and if you are having a struggle with that, I would highly encourage you, get alone with him. Get alone with him. That in itself will begin to humble you. 
True humility begins when we're on our knees before God. True humility. There's something about that, getting down on your knees. I'm not saying it has to be done. You can pray standing up. But there's something about a body positioning, a laying on your face before God. How many's done that? It's just submitting yourself down and getting down as low as you can get. And this isn't rules and regulations. I hope you hear my heart. Like, I'm not going like, what are you doing? You're sitting there praying? You can't do that. You can stand and pray. I'm not, but there's something about a body posture of humbling yourself before him. And you can, you can body posture that, but spirit, be I'm standing. So it's, it's not just a physical act. It's a spiritual act. Humbling that spirit, humbling that mind, humbling in the opposite is that pride, right? Breaking that pride. How many's how many's the Lord's ever asked you to do something very humiliating? You think it was just to humiliate you, or you think He was trying to teach you some some humbling? I remember coming back one time from from the from Teen Challenge, and there was a great service, and it was totally after the service. We just walked into the house, and the Lord said, I want you to lay on your face before me. I went, what? And then, I, honestly, I thought, well, that's stupid. What's, I mean, what's the point? There's no worship music playing. There's no one preaching. The wor- we just walked in this house, and people are putting their stuff up, and you want me to just lay on my face on the floor before you? He said, yeah, I do. Okay. So I did it. And I didn't hear the heavens open up. I didn't hear anything. I didn't. And I laid there for a while and I said, can I get up now? He said, you can. I don't know. Still, I don't really understand the whole point of all that. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. He's teaching, he's teaching me some things, and hey, are you going to be willing to humble yourself when I ask you? Are you going to be willing to do something that may seem a little uncomfortable in front of some other people? The Lord humbled me a lot when I was in Africa. There is, there is Africa, if you ever get a chance to go to, to, go to like Kenya, or I, mean, I don't know if it's probably all Africa, but they are so free, and it's just in their culture to dance, to jump and bounce and dance and we were worshiping with a, um, a bunch of the Swahili people and, and uh, the Maasai people. And, and they're just like, do these, they can just be like sitting there just boom, boom, just bouncing. And, and everything they do in their music is just dancing and worship. And it's powerful. So me and Seth were there and, and it goes on for a little while. And, and uh, I feel the Lord like, I want you to dance. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling that. You know, like, it's like, I want you to dance. Like, mm. I don't know, like, pretty, okay, I start dancing, and then I just got, like, I was loving it, like, for the two weeks, or any time they start, I was like, woohoo, we're dancing, I mean, and I'll tell you, if you worship the Lord like they do, you won't have to worry about really what you eat, I probably lost 10 pounds from just worshiping the Lord, I'm not kidding, I danced at one point, and back then I wore shirts and ties a lot, and, and good Lord, I felt like David, like, I mean, he danced before. I had danced so much, my shirt had come out. My tie was over there. That was a hot mess. But he was sure pleased. The Lord was so pleased. And I'll tell you, when I, when I did that, it, it freed a bunch of areas, other areas in my life 
that I was bound in. It freed me. That, that humbling of my, my flesh of saying, all right, I'm going to dance before you. He freed a ton of other things that I didn't even have to work on. So if you feel the Lord asking you to do some things once in a while that you may think are a little funny, do it. As long as it's glorifying him. You hear me? Not glorifying yourself. Because if you're trying to glorify yourself, he will bring you low. There, there's a beautiful thing. is You can humble yourself or he can humble you. It's a lot better if you do it. Either way, it's good, but you will probably like it a lot better if you do it. I've done both, and I prefer when I am obedient and listen to him. Amen? So humbling ourselves we grows as we focus on his glory and awesomeness. That humbleness and meekness, it grows as we focus on his glory and his awesomeness. This culture wants us to point at ourselves you see a touchdown, and, and good Lord, everyone's doing this thing. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You make a basket. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You do, you know, it's like, good Lord. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Ain't that why you're paid the big bucks? Right? You hit a home run, and the throwing the bat and pointing, yep. Look at me. What is that all about? Jesus didn't come in like that. Humility grows as we submit to his will. This one's tough sometimes. A lot of folks aren't submitted to God's will because they won't humble themselves. See, God's will and your will a lot of times are different. Your fleshly will. Now, I will tell you this. God's will and your spirit, man, aren't a whole lot different a lot of times. If you've submitted it to the Lord, he will put some things in you. And a lot of times he put them in you from the, your DNA, from the birth of your the conception. They were there. God's not trying to take things from you. He's trying to develop things in you. He's not a thief. Don't be afraid to submit to his will. Those desires were God-given desires. Yeah, we're doing all right. I got to get rolling though. Humility grows as we submit to his will. His will's not a mystery. You hear this like, well, I'm just, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know what his will is. And I remember going through that. And, and when we're sincere, we really, you're sincere. You want to know his will for you. You don't want to step out of it. And I, I understand that. But the Lord, the Lord spoke to me so plainly early on in my walk because it was a big deal to me. I, I had been so out of his will for so long, so out of it for so long that when, he, when I submitted, right, and I humbled myself before him, I then wanted to make sure I was smack dab in the middle of his will. I, wanted, I didn't want to be like a millimeter out of the center of it. I wanted to be dead set, and I was scared to do just about anything because I didn't want to be out of his will. So he had to speak my language, and, and he told me something that was so profound for me, and I believe it's profound for you, that if I will just be obedient to him, submit to him, I will never not be in his will. It's not a mystery. It's not a complicated thing. If you are simply submitted to him and obedient, and, and what I mean is, and he said, 
Steve, if, if you're in, in my will and, and I ask you to stop and you stop, you're right smack dab in the middle of my will. If I tell you I want you to go to the right and you go to the right, you're smack dab in the middle of my will. If I, if I speak to you that way and you just submit yourself to the voice, my voice, you'll never be out of my will. So it's not a big mystery. A lot of times he doesn't tell us the, the future because we'll screw it up. Or we'll think, well, well, that's the quickest route to get there. And that's the route I'm going to take. And that's usually been my way. Is, and he's like, let's go this route. Remember the children of Israel when they left Egypt? God didn't take them the 30-minute route. He took them roundabout, and they were going, what are you doing? But it was in that whole time that, it, that his plan was that the Egyptians would be wiped out. So it gave them enough time that they would get to that Red Sea, and Pharaoh and those soldiers would be right on their tail. So that as they crossed... I could take them out. Now, if they'd have got way the heck up there, they could have crossed and they'd have went around and still been pursuing them all throughout the 40 years. And that wasn't God's plan either, the 40 years. But if they'd have submitted, two-week journey, Amen. promised land, right? So it's not always the quickest route. But we, if we just simply just submit to be obedient, we'll be in his will. Third point. Did I even tell you what the second one was? Darn it. Encountering the majesty of God will humble you. Next point is Jesus models humility. He models it. Don't you love that Jesus doesn't just tell you something. He's all, you can look to his life and he models it. I love that. So I'm just going to run through these quickly. Giving up his divine privileges. Listen, giving up his divine privileges, he becomes a man. Born in a stable. No room for the king of kings. How humble. Born, it comes into the world, into a stable, into a manger. There's no room. He was so humble, there was no spot. Like, nope. You're going to have to be coming to the world in that cave with the manure and all the animals. Don't get humbler than that. He comes into Jerusalem. There was many more, but I'm just going to skip. He comes into Jerusalem, not on a stallion, but on a colt of a donkey, humbly. He gives up his life in the most humblest way that there was at that time. The death of a criminal to the worst of the worst is who they crucified. And he humbled himself and submitted himself to that death. He modeled humility in Philippians 2, chapter 6 through 10, it says this, He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory. By reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant, he became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of the obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name. In the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, 
and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord, Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Not even bringing glory and honor into himself. That's the perfect model. My last point, since he modeled it so well, he can teach you pretty well. He can teach you humility. He can teach you how to be humble. One of the stories that Jesus taught, and I love this, you see his heart is, is Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. And I know I've given a lot of scripture today. I don't normally, I usually stay in one spot, but I just felt these were, these were dropped into my heart. Luke 18, 9 through 14, starting in verse 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalted themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. Could I have some the musicians, if you guys could come up? As we're closing... I'm going to have the worship team come up, and we're going to just kind of close out in a song. And, and afterwards, I'm going to pray. And, and if you, uh, you want to come up and spend some time in prayer and, and humble yourself, and you don't have to do that at the altar. You can do that where you're seated. But I would encourage you to, to spend some time with the Lord today and, um, and humble yourself before him and, and just have him search him, search your heart. You know, we can, we can rip ourselves open and say, God, search my heart. Look in my heart. If there's anything that's, that's unpleasing to you, point it out. And be humble enough to do that. We need to take inventory of ourselves daily. You know, we need to make that exchange daily. My will for your will, Lord. What would your will be in my life today? Amen? I'm going to close with one more verse. And, and um, this is such an awesome, awesome passage. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and the burden I give you is light. Amen? There's not a better teacher. Can we come to him, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens? He says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. See, there is a yoke, and we don't, we don't talk about this a whole lot. Most of us, they were, we, and especially in Pentecostalism, we just want the, the yokes to be broken, the chains to fall, all these things, and, and just to be free. And I love freedom, right? Freedom's awesome. However, Jesus does say, like, I don't want you to be yoked with those burdens, but you are going to take my yoke upon you. 
we are going to have to submit ourselves. We're going to have to humble ourselves to, to have him place his yoke on us. Now, the beautiful thing is his yoke is easy and his burden is light and he's a great teacher. Amen. He will yoke with us and stay in step with us and he will instruct us and teach us as we're pulling through this thing called life. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet with me? I want to share a, one of my personal <laughs> stories of being humbled by the Lord early on in my walk. And I, when I got out of teen, or actually, as I was going into Teen Challenge, I got out of jail and I quit drinking. And I had, I don't know how many days, not, not a whole heck of a lot, but for me, it was a big deal. And people would ask and I'd go, I'd go places and say, hey, Steve, you want to get, you know, you want a beer, you want to drink or you want to get high or you want this, you know, people started showing up out of the woodwork with stuff. And I said, no, I quit. No, I quit. No, I quit. Well, that went on for, I think 11 days. It was before I had to go, go into Teen Challenge. And at the very end, the day before, I failed miserably. Crash and burn, epic. I drank a big bottle of whiskey and went on a downward spiral. And then I went to Teen Challenge. And probably a week into the deal, I'm alone, sitting there, and, and I'm going through that. And I was scared to death that I was going to go through a year of Teen Challenge and then come back and fail miserably again. And I, I, I asked God, God, I don't want to fall. I don't want, to, I don't want this to happen again. Where did I go wrong? And I, I asked him, what did I do? What, what, what happened? Where did I go wrong? And he spoke so plainly. He said, you stole my glory. And I know I heard his voice because I would have never come up with that. I didn't even know what it meant. I had to ask him, what does that mean? I stole your glory. And he said, Steve, you kept saying you quit. You did not quit. I delivered you. Humbling. See, pride's very sneaky. Very sneaky. I wanted to have the pride in saying, I quit. I don't have to do that anymore. And I never said those words again, ever. Anytime anyone's ever asked me if you want to get high, you, and they don't ask no more because it's just been so far long gone. But I, I came and changed that whole thing. No, the Lord delivered me. The Lord set me free. He, he delivered me. I didn't have the strength to do it. He did it. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to open up the altars this morning and, and let you have some time with, with that great I am. Amen. I've learned I'm the great I'm not. <laughs> I'm the great I ain't. He's the great I am. Amen. The Bible says that if we will humble ourselves before him, he will lift us up. I love that. So if there's, if there's some, some of you that's just this has been registering with, and maybe you're going, yeah, I need, I need the Lord to lift me up. And I also want you to think that there's, there, don't be, don't be, there's a thing like of being humble. You don't have to think of yourself as lowly. You don't have to think that you're like lower than the dirt. You don't have to think that like you should be walked on and that's normal. That's not right either. That's a false humility. We should be able to, if someone gives you a compliment, I remember even early in ministry, like I was afraid to ever say thank you. Oh, that was a good message. Oh, praise God, it's just the Lord. I had no part of it which is true, but it's also true that you could say, thank you, I appreciate that. 
Amen. So if you need some things to get worked out, we're going to just spend some time and the musicians are going to play. You guys can worship. If you've got a hot date or somewhere you got to be, you can also be dismissed. Amen. If you'd like to spend some time up here, I'd love to pray with you and so would the other pastors. Amen. Amen.
Doesn't matter how far you've gone. Mercy says you don't have to keep running down the road. You're all love's never met a lost cause. Your shame will lay it down. Leave your ghosts in the past because you know that you can't go back. But you can turn around. You've never been more than one step away from surrender. One step away from coming step away lay down lay down your old chains come now and take up your new name your best life up ahead now you would step away lay down lay down your old chains come now and take up your new name your best life up ahead now you would step away I can only imagine what my eyes will see 
when your face is before me, I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only I can only imagine, I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun, I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. forever forever worship you I can only
Save your love, my Savior lives, my Savior. 
We worship you, Lord. Father, we praise you that we can proclaim our love for you, Lord God. Lord, you first loved each and every one of us. So thank you, Jesus, for your incredible love. Thank you for your arms that hold us when we need to be held. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this time today where we ask your blessing upon our service from beginning to end, Lord Jesus. Would your spirit just fill your house this morning, Lord God? Speak to each and every one of us in our hearts and our lives, where we're at and what's going on, Lord God. Jesus, that today we would submit ourselves before you, just ready to be poured into, Lord God, by your love. We thank you, Lord. Father, pour over us. Holy Spirit, flow through your house. We thank you, Lord. God, today we'd sing a new song before you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Well, Psalms 104, verse 33 and 34 says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. Are you glad in the Lord this morning? Amen. Well, why don't you turn to somebody quickly, quickly emphasis, and just tell them that you're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Well, good morning. We have a few graduates in the house today too, right? Woo-woo! Right on. It's been, a, it's been a little bit of a party and weekend for some of you, right? Man, right on. Awesome. Well, glad that everyone is here this morning in the house. We're uh, privileged and blessed to have you all here. We've got some cool things that's going to be happening, some things we're going to be sharing. We'll be receiving offering in just a few moments, so that's always an awesome time to give into the Lord. But I have a few announcements first. 
How many of you came ready to eat today? Yeah. Right on. Well, we're going to get some spiritual food, and then we're going to get some awesome Mexican food. So uh, today is the youth fundraiser. That's going to be happening right after this service. So $8 um, plus a dollar for a drink, so it's $9. You can't go to McDonald's for $9 a person anymore, right? Uh, can I get an amen? That's right. All right. <laughs> So uh, we have amazing food. Um, where's uh, Chelly Aguilar? She's out keeping the food warm, huh? So uh, she's out keeping it all there. It, this is uh, authentic people, so you do not want to miss this. It's like going to Mexico without having to go to Mexico. So, all right, so <laughs> join us out on the patio. You'll see the pop-ups and stuff that's been out there, so it'll be a great time. Um, there'll be a video we're going to show here in just a couple of minutes um, that'll just I'll describe a little bit, kind of tell you guys about what this is for. Um, I believe, Candy, it's a little bit about some camp stuff from last year. So we'll let you guys see that. Um, and really, this fundraiser is to go to pour into the lives of the youth, okay? So before we do that, is Miss Abelina in here? Okay, she's out preparing for the kids. <laughs> so today is the registration due date for kids camp. So please see Miss Abelina. You can see Lourdes. You can see myself. If um, any of us can, can help you, mostly Abelina. <laughs> she, she has the ins and outs. Yeah, she'll be in the middle classroom right out over there. So uh, touch base with her. So registration, camp funds, all that is due. Um, Pastor Steve and the church body here, it's been very generous to uh, help really minimize the cost for our youth kids, for our um, kids, for kids camp. So um, please don't, don't um, find that there's a reason for those who are part of our, of our new life family here um, to, to not go when the opportunity has really been made available because it's, it really is life impacting and changing. So um, it, it's going to totally be worth it. All right. Um, we have a membership class that's going to be coming up starting here in a couple weeks on June 23rd. So membership is about saying that, yes, I believe my wife's apparently getting practice over here with this little guy. <laughs> I'm not telling anything. That is not so <laughs> he's like, are you a grandma? No, we're not. No. <laughs> Sorry. Side, side note. Um, Anyways, um, where was I? Membership class in a couple of weeks starting out. So membership's about just really saying that we're in agreement with um, the work of the Lord. We're in agreement with the leadership. And we just want to call this place as home and become a member. It, it, there are some rights of voting when we need to vote in council members and stuff like that. Um, but really, it's about saying we are agreeing to partner together to help build the kingdom of God and call New Life our home um, as family. So uh, please uh, consider that. That's June 23rd. It happens at 930 in the far um, classroom over there in our youth room. All right. So with that, um, we have a praise and worship that's going to be coming up on Saturday, June 15th at Dieter Park. That is going to happen from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, if you need any information about that, you can contact Baldomero um, Aguilar, and he can get you connected as that is sponsored uh, out uh, for their overseeing. So not sure exactly how to say that. Hopefully, just work. You're working with me, right? Thank you guys for understanding me. <laughs> All right. Um, so kids camp, sorry, kids camp, I did youth camp. Um, 
We want to share the video. It's roughly about four minutes long. Um, and it hopefully, as you watch through this, how many have ever been to youth camp as a youth and had something fantastic happen in your life? And I'll raise my hand because it was at youth camp years ago when I was 16 that the Lord put his hand upon me and called me into what would become a place of ministry that I didn't realize at the time. I just knew the Lord wanted me to do something. And so um, kid, uh, kids camp, youth camp, those things are very vital uh, in life. When the scripture says to train up ch a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, will not depart from them. I will, I will tell you, there are many times in life where um, I have leaned into my adulthood timeframes of what the Lord did in my life when I was younger, when he began to speak things that I didn't really necessarily see